the Glen Fork Podcast with your host JJ, also known as Jason. And uh, in this particular episode, we are on episode four of season three. I think that is right. We're correcting a slightly out of sync entry in the website because this one is from the 14th of April. And uh, the eagle-eyed will notice um, the previous episode was uh, the 16th of April. So we sort of, I clicked post on the wrong button at the wrong time, is is the honest uh, truth. But uh, even even now I, I feel obliged to follow the order of the website with these articles. Hence why we're, we're taking a step back, sorry, in two days uh, to cover this. But what an absolutely momentous uh article it is from the 14th. We're actually coming into a really interesting time in Glenvor in terms of the logbook because we're starting to see, uh, you know, we get the silent season stuff, we get the odd little snippet of interest with a bit of work, but also we're now starting to see, unfortunately, accidents. And accidents, and, and I'm not talking about accidents that cause serious harm to people, there wouldn't be any um, uh, satisfaction or entertainment from that or perhaps even much insight um, and you would talk the person is okay um, we're talking about accents in production that lead to a loss of um, produce uh, and that is where the exciseman uh, becomes particularly interested because they are maintaining uh, a record and uh, if there are any dips then um, you know I think they become very very interested um, So, what have we got? So I'll read it to you, which probably takes care of itself. And I don't really want to spoil a lot of it. Um, I would suggest it's quite a weighty and long article that you um, take time, visit the site. I will link it down below and you can really take it in. But um, I had a lot of input into this article, um, thanks to Alan Winchester in particular, and also Dave from the Inverness Local History Group. Give me a little insight into, you know, potential employees of Glenvor using some of the resources he has. Um, so there's a few names in the article, there's um, even their addresses. We're not stalkers, obviously, but um, we are just trying to build uh, a little a little place, a little bit of research, a little bit of information, and doesn't it help to put a name potentially to an entry or uh, an unfortunate accident? <coughs> Apologies. Yes, it does. So, um, I'll read this to you, and um, then we can um, take it from there. So, Honourable Sirs, I have to report that percentage of best charge over the attenation charge at Glenvor Distillery. Uh, we've talked about this unit of measurement before, so it's in previous articles. For the 27th period ending the 8th instruction, I think that was, um, was only 6.5% instead of the normal um 11 to 14 percent actually i think it's yeah it is 6.5 so uh he goes on to note on the fifth instruction the manager informed me by telephone that the stillman had made a mistake allowed the wash still to fill and overflow the, from the air valve i immediately proceeded to the distillery and found that the mistake had happened at approximately i think it's probably 6 p.m we're not too sure uh, the delaying forming me was due to the manager was due to the manager being from home um, so we see the chain of command that we um, tapped into in previous um, articles. We wondered about this, the, the methodology, the process of reporting things. So um, all accidents get reported. Uh, it seems that the 
the manager must be informed. The manager is the person who must inform the exciseman, and the exciseman then decides upon um, if it's been a loss, then he has to document that loss and try and make sure that loss was accidental, not deliberate, and obviously that the debris or the residue fits with the potential loss. I, nobody's been defrauding the, the um, government of their revenue. Um, so <clears throat> I examined the wash charger, the wash still, and subsequently the rest of the premises. One. Um, Findings with regard to the wash charge, wash still, and overflow. The stillman, thinking there was only one charge, 16 inches, in the wash charger, whereas there were two charges, obviously 32 inches, turned on the discharge cock and left the vessel to empty and proceeded to bur burrow out ashes and trim the ash dump. So obviously, you know, we've got direct firing here. We've got the stillman who's actually probably doing what you... I guess you might not expect a stillman to do. When he returned, um, obviously the material was pouring out of the air valve and the platform and the stillhouse floor as far as the mash turn was covered with wash. Before my arrival at 8.15, so obviously there's been these three hours, we think, three hours, 15 minutes between the accident and going through the necessary steps to inform everybody, he had swept a great deal down the drain but there was still a quantity under the furnaces and around the mash tun and underback. The floor of the stillhouse and platform are wet, and the side of the wash still bore traces of the overflow. B. All fastenings of the wash charger, wash still, and pipes leading to and from the vessels were secure. There was no evidence of any interference with the wash charger of the wash still or pipes connected with these vessels. C. I had surveyed, I had surveyed at 5.45 p.m., and the wash charger was still 34 inches, i.e. Two, in, two charges, and the wash still was almost off. The dip was now 0.26 sediment, and at 9.15 should have been about 18 inches, so you can obviously see there's a dramatic difference between what is there and what isn't. Examination of the premises. On completion of the above examination, i.e. the still area and the area of the accidents, I proceeded to examine the spirit receiver pipes, the safes and their connections, the faints receiver, the charger, the pipes, the spirit stills, and found all these vessels and pipes secure, and no evidence of any interference with any of them. So, he's checking the whole framework to make sure nobody has um, created a, an incident, but in effect, uh, taken liquid um, from a different area. I then proceeded to make an inspection of the distillery premises and found them regular in every respect. So he's actually gone out and looked probably through all the distillery buildings to make sure nothing looks out of place, again ruling out any suspicion. I dipped and took the gravity of to be number eight and found them from the same number on EP5 survey. I'm not too sure. Some of this we, we haven't deciphered. Number three, uh, to find the quantity of wash lost on the eighth instruction, I had the wash charger filled with a water to the depth of 34 inches. The wash still was then filled from the wash charger until the water overflowed through the air valve. So he is recreating the accident to see how much liquid could have been lost. The depth of the water remaining in the wash charger was 14.4 inches. Approximately the quantity of wash lost was 2.5 residue, equal to just 1,762 gallons. Atenation of 57.5 equals 163.3 proof gallon spirits. 
chargeable from attenuation, the best charge would have been uh, 2305.7 equals 2473, uh, giving a normal percentage of over attenuation charge of 14.2. <clears throat> From the examination of the premises and the investigations detailed above, I am satisfied that the wash was genuinely and wholly lost in the manner stated, and that none was removed from the premises. I am also satisfied that there was no abstraction of wash, faints or spirits during the period 3rd to the 7th of April 1939, and that the loss of wash from the overcharge of the wash still accounts for the low percentage. I am Honourable Serves, your obedient servant, Gilbert W. Peterkin, who was the resident exciseman. So a great deal of effort there um, from Gilbert, not only to document the scene, but also to investigate the area around and to also recreate the accident and mistake by the stillman and to calculate the lost liquid. So, you know, very, very thorough. And uh, probably the stillman, um, a little bit, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, disappointed with himself. So that was passed off to the office. So it was a very revealing account. I, I won't go into that. We had tried to identify who the Stillman was through various entries. Um, <clears throat> there's also, you know, uh, a great deal of detail in there. Um, we also talk about the Glenorban house. Um, and try to identify the manager, and I believe we have identified the manager in the article. We do know who was resident at Glen Open House around this time, and only the managers were resident in those buildings. Um, and uh, we do believe that this replacement for Robert Robertson, who sadly passed away through old age on site, uh, would have been a James Ritchie, who was listed, who would be listed as manager now on the records we have access to. But prior. Um, he was noted to be a brewer living in Glenbore Cottage in 1935. Again, we go into a bit more detail in the article, but essentially that makes sense because we know when um, uh, Robert Robertson passed, uh, there was no advertisement in any of the press and the position was quickly filled, which makes sense as an internal promotion. Someone has got that job and we do believe it was this chap um, who would have been found on the evening of the 14th of April 1939 and asked to phone the exciseman uh, to come down and assess this accident. Uh, passed this on to Alan Winchester and he had um, some great uh, insight um, and this is what he said but um, you could go on and again read it on site. Oh dear what a mess your idea of inexperience is probably a good point so that refers to my above uh, wording in the article where we're it looks like we might have somebody new in the role um, if um, James Ritchie was previously a stillman or someone along those lines we've had to bring in somebody else uh, recently and um, it's a mistake in experience perhaps the reporting procedures would have been via management so the stillman would not have permission to directly phone customs and excise and indeed and indeed, that may still be the case, actually, you know, um, which is interesting. Um, these accidents might not be common now, but um, it would be the manager that has to report it and not the worker. Um, uh, as a stillman, he should have checked all the vessels at the start of the shift. In our area of manual still houses, we had to record all the levels. So this is Alan talking about his experiences in the more manual days by dipping them. By assuming that the wash charger was half empty and leaving the still charging to tidy the ashes is odd. The word charge is the volume to fill a still and dates to a bygone era when the fill of the still was liable to tax, i.e. the charge. Um, 
The checking by officer would have been fairly standard. That's what were that's why they were known as gaugers. They have to satisfy themselves that this was not covering up some form of illegal removal. I like his simple way of checking how much was lost, and seems it has gone very high to the commissioners in terms of the excise ranks. I wonder how the stillman was dealt with. If they had the air crank closed, the quantity of liquid could have resulted in the bottom of the still pushed down due to the extra weight, i.e. a fallen still when the bottom sinks. Um, so all in all, an absolutely great entry and great insight from Alan from his early days as well and what's happened. So even he thinks it's a bit unusual that the stillman's uh, gone off to deal with the ash or the furnace. Perhaps he's covering for somebody in that respect, but the ultimate the error comes from uh, not checking the still before the start of the shift. So absolutely fascinating entry. A lot more detail in the article, as I said. Uh, please, you know, have a check it out. I will link it below. Any questions, get involved. Drop me a message. You know, uh, we are revealing history. We're opening up, uh, not even Glenvor, but just some elements, the day-to-day running and hazards, I guess, of a, a Scottish distillery in the 1930s. Uh, and uh, I'm loving it, and hopefully you are too. But I will thank you for your time. Uh, please check out the next episode when it comes along, or just get on the site if you want to catch up. Um, slowly but surely, we're getting there with the podcast. Okay, thank you.